Right, welcome to Tefl Waffle with Troyful and Seafall. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, so the tricky part here is Steve doesn't know what the topic is for today. Right, so today I want to talk about sharing, as in the, the culture of sharing in the staff room or the culture of sharing amongst teachers. Okay, so uh, we both worked in lots of different schools in plenty of different environments. And I've been looking through a lot of my old material and trying to put some of it together or, or for that matter, get rid of some of it. And I've noticed that you've been doing the same. When you stumble across this random stuff, do you know where it comes from? Old material? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, when I go through old material, I find quite a lot of your stuff. Okay. Um, um, I find a lot of material from teachers that I worked with in Singapore and one or two pieces of material from as far back as a, a school I worked at in Malaysia, which is almost 20 years ago. But it was a material that worked really well and I've held on to it. And um, I can identify, on the most part, I can identify what the material, where the material came from, and sometimes even who the teacher was that gave it to me. Okay, so um, one of the things that I came across this week that I wanted to use in a class was uh, a quite a complicated board game set up using third conditionals. And I was quite sure that that came from Language in Use, which is a book that I stopped using in probably 2003 or four, something like that. Okay. But the material was great, and I kept it for a reason, and I've pulled it out a few times, and I've used it. Now, that's not sharing in the sense of one teacher has shared it with me. It's sharing in the sense of sharing material from one course into another course, because that course that I was teaching where they had third conditionals, uh, they had some pretty good practice tasks, and they had some ideas for more communicative stuff, but they didn't have this game, and this game, it actually is a game. It's a board game. Um, so now what you're talking about is sharing material with yourself. In this case, yes. So that piece of material that I have there, I know that I've passed that along to other teachers. A teacher said to me, oh, I have to teach this topic. I don't know if it was specifically this board game, but that type of thing I've shared with another teacher and another teacher. And hopefully, my hope is that that person I shared it with also shared it with another teacher and another teacher and another. The, the concept of sharing, um, I've, I've always believed to be the foundation for um, personal development. When, when I give somebody a piece of material, I've got to make sure that I know what it is and how it works and... I've got to sell that material to them and say, here, this is something that I've used and it works really well. And sometimes they reject it. Sometimes they say, oh, no, I don't want it. But by sharing, people then share back with me. Yep. Um, and that exchange of information or change of material, exchange of material becomes the foundation for my development as a teacher. Um, a giving teacher gets given to. As, um, 
and um, maybe as teacher trainers, we we think that that's normal and right. Um, but I have come across a lot of teachers who don't share, who don't want to share. Yeah, this is one that I actually want to talk about, the, oh, okay. the cultural sharing teacher to teacher. Okay, so I'm in favor of it. I think that it's a great idea. You know, if you've got something that works and another teacher, you're talking about your classes and your lessons, and you go, oh, I've got this thing that works really well for that and you share it with them. I think there's huge benefits in that. And I quite enjoy it. And look, it's it's also very nice to go, hey, man, check out what I've come up with, what I've designed. You know, there's, that, there's a little bit of an ego involved in that where you can be quite proud of something that you came up with that really works well. And sharing that with another teacher, yeah, sure, it's a bit of an ego stroke for yourself. You're patting yourself on the back. Now, there's a technical term for that ego stroke from the literature there's something called teacher plausibility. Um, plausibility is the description of why a teacher believes that they're doing a good job. Um, we all like to think that we're good, but the concept of good in teaching is a little bit problematic in terms of the fact that there is no such thing as a good teacher. What's good for a student might not be good for the school, and what's good for the school might not be good for the parents and so on. So calling a teacher good is, um, is slightly subjective. But a teacher motivates themselves to keep moving forward and, and enjoying their job, so to speak, through this, this sense of plausibility that they get for, the, for what it is that they're doing. I'm, I'm putting in a lot of effort. My students are giving me good feedback. And that, that builds my plausibility as a teacher. When I go into the staff room and I say, I've just had a great lesson. Um, here's the material I used. And six people say, oh, yeah, can I have a copy of that? It boosts my sense of plausibility as a teacher and how I perceive myself as a teacher then is is made more positive through that. Uh, it's not necessarily an ego boost in, in the technical sense. It's a, a boost of my professional self in an identity sense. Okay, so uh, one aspect of sharing then is the person sharing actually gets something from it. They And it's a, it's a very internal thing. I'm sharing this with you, which is making me feel good about my lessons. And if if we follow that up, another teacher who takes it and then uses it and says, yeah, that, was, that thing was great, uh, that then also helps confirm for me if something is useful or workable. All right, let's take it from the opposite perspective, though. Okay, so I have a great task, and I know it really works. And within the school that I'm teaching in, Another teacher is also teaching that class, not that course, not other students within that school, but that exact same class. Now, if I share my piece of material with them, or it doesn't matter, my warmer, my game, my anything, I go and share it with them, and then they go and use it with the class, that now means that effectively I haven't shared a resource. I've given away something that I can no longer use. That's quite different to sharing. Sharing is, here, you can use this as well. In this sense, though, it's, oh, I can now no longer use that thing. And there's certainly some ego involved in that. If there's a great thing that I know works, I kind of want to be the one to use it with my students and show them, hey, see, here's this thing. Yes, and I think that that's exactly why sharing drives development because once I've given something away I'm now under pressure to create something newer and better for myself. I use the story of of sharing in a negative sense 
as one of the one of my downsides, one of my downturns in my career as a teacher. I worked at a school in Singapore that had a a system of rewarding teachers by using student feedback. Students would rate a teacher. Okay rate teachers according to how how much they like them. So the teachers knew that we were going to get rated, and the teacher who won this popularity award from the students would get a financial bonus, and it was quite a substantial financial so, bonus. So does that make it like a classroom competition? You have to hide and hoard? Well, well, it wasn't between... Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened. So if somebody... If a teacher walked into the staff room and said, I need something for the first conditional, what do you have? The, the, there, was, there wasn't a, a financial incentive to say, here, have some of mine. It sounds like the opposite. There's a financial disincentive. That's right. Everybody would say, no, I don't have anything for you because the material that I use is nice and I like to use it as my trump card to show the students how wonderful my lessons are. Um, But besides, in spite of that, perhaps, there were still teachers who shared. Um, So in, in this situation, the students don't overlap. The students didn't overlap. Uh, there was some overlap, yes. We had a, it was four hours a day, and four different teachers taught the group. So you circle, I taught listening and reading, for example, and then you'd come in and teach uh, listening and speaking, and then another teacher would come in and do conversation. So they had four different teachers doing slightly different things. but uh, And then I would go and teach another class. So there was an overlap yes, of, students. of students, yes, but with different focus. With a different focus, in theory. Uh, was there a theme running through the day? Like, uh, let's say, first conditionals, and it's going to be used in the reading, and then it's going to be used in the listening. Yeah, and... there was a, a pretty tight curriculum that we were following. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's that overlap, I can see why I might be discouraged from sharing. Uh, personally, I really like to share with teachers. I, I find that... Giving them something, I can usually then look at them a little bit later on and say, oh, I see that they, they've now stolen my thing and they've made their own versions of it. If I share with another teacher and that teacher does not share any of my students, uh, I see that as a win-win. It's good for me. I've shared something that I'm proud of and so I get to show off a little bit. Uh, it's good for me in terms of my self-identity as a teacher. I... I I like to think that I'm the type of teacher who is thinking about the students. So that the act of giving this to another teacher means that they will then pass it on to their students. If it worked with the students, then why shouldn't other people be using it with their students as well? So in this case, I think sharing is great. But I still do have that twinge sometimes of... I have another reason why sharing might be problematic. Um... When I was teaching at a school in Malaysia, uh, a, a teacher asked me to cover her lessons so that she wouldn't be deducted, and it was one of those internal sort of maneuver yeah. things. And I said to her, sure, I'll do it for her, but she must plan the lesson. And she came to me, and um, for the lesson that she had with the students, she had planned uh, a thing around UFOs, and it was a topic I'd never taught before. It was something new for me. She gave me the material, and it was a comic strip, and... Um, she said, here's the material, this is the comic strip, give it to them, let them discuss it, you discuss this theme, then uh, you can discuss it. I'm waiting to see if this lesson was either a bomb or you went, oh, that was great, I'm going to steal it. Um, well, it was a bomb, a complete okay. and utter bomb, because the way that she taught, quite, quite obviously, was very different from the way I teach. She, she built her lessons around a discussion, and with me, the discussion lasted about four minutes, because... I would say, right, does anybody have any ideas about UFOs? 
not having run a, a discussion before, I didn't actually know how to do it. Um, and they all sat there and went, no. And I went, mm, me too. And that was pretty much the end of her material. <laughs> okay, sure. So there is certainly an aspect to sharing where the, the thing that you get doesn't work for you. Um, in the same way that if we're going back to the other type of sharing where you share things from one book to another class or another course or, or what have you, there are plenty of times where you go, oh, I really need to think on the first conditional. And you grab something from a, a photocopyable resource book, Grammar Games and Activities by Peter Watson Jones. Mm. And you take that into class, you read the instructions, and you try to do it, and it just flops. Mm. It just doesn't work for whatever reason. Uh, this, I've decided this, it was the activities fault. There was way too much supporting language in it that the students weren't aware of. Or um, the getting them into that sort of group was really complicated. But, but this forms the basis of a, an adaptation, and the adaptation becomes the your version of that game, and that that's part of the developmental drive. I've tried this game. It didn't work. It was too complicated. I've made my own version of it, which is actually what I've done quite a lot because I find a lot of those photocopyable games have got, just got too much cultural baggage attached to them, and I, I simplify them or change them slightly. It's still the same game. But I've made my version of it, which uh, works for me. Okay, so uh, for this teacher that you covered for in Malaysia, did you do anything with the UFO well, strip? No, but I learned a lot from the, the experience of failing so miserably with somebody else's material. And when she came back, I said, that was a disaster. And she said, how could it be a disaster? There was so much to talk about. And the way that she spoke about the lesson um, and my experience of having done it highlighted for me a lot of the problems that I was having with teaching, uh, or, or uh, maybe it highlighted for me a limitation in my repertoire, which became a focus of, for me to to look at. I, I still feel I can't run discussions. I, I, I'm not good at them. And but that was the beginning of my realization that my lessons are very task or activity driven and not dialogic in a, in a sense of let's talk about this like human beings, you know, um, and I'm aware of that weakness. And I think that that's where that, that weakness was really, truly highlighted for me in a, in a meaningful way. Okay. Um, now, we can, I can take this a step further uh, in terms of sharing. I have material that I'm pretty sure I got from you that's handwritten, but I'm, I'm certain it's not your handwriting because I can't read your handwriting and neither can anyone else. So that means uh, somebody shared something with you that you shared with me that I now do share with other teachers. And the reason why I remember this material so specifically is I use that piece of material now as a model to show new teachers how to make this type of task. So this active sharing isn't just your colleague in the classroom. Sharing it once quite often does lead to this big, huge knock-on effect. And in this case, it's very successful. It works great. I also regularly share something that I've made myself. I made it from scratch. It's my idea, and I'm sure that it's an idea that was inspired by 17 different resource books, four course books I've taught, and the thousands of teachers that I've worked with. But I've come up with this, this type of task that works very well for me. It's a huge success. And every time I share it, I get the same two types of feedback. That was amazing. That was a disaster. 
it's always an extreme. It's one side or another. So does this mean that the act of sharing sometimes your activity is so personal? It's something that because you've devised it and because you've made five different versions of it now and you know what the pitfalls and the instructions are and you know when the students will accidentally fall into a shortcut that negates the whole task or what, what have you. So being that the act of sharing, in some cases, it's actually uh, what's against the development of that teacher. I, no, I've taught I, that teacher the lesson of I, no, I, no, don't don't take somebody else's stuff. Make no, no, no. I would I would disagree. The teachers who have taken your material and it's failed with them or in their classes, the thing is that teaching is such a personal, complex, intricate dance between teachers, material, students, in the environment. There, there's all sorts of stuff going on there. What works for one teacher is almost inevitably not going to work for the teacher next door. Even if they're even if they're teaching all the same set of students, it's not going to work in the same way. When you pass materials on to teachers and it doesn't work with them, that's, um, that's uh, a prompt for them to look at their own teaching, like my experience with that UFO lesson. If they choose not uh, to... Uh, can, can your lesson, the lesson that you learned from that was... I should avoid discussions. Or I must learn how to run discussions. Okay. Uh, and or you... I'm not good at running discussions. Yeah, well, I've, I've tried. Uh, uh, yeah, I have tried. <laughs> okay. it, 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 it's not my choice, but uh, yes, I can run one now. Okay. Better than I could before. Um, if somebody comes back to you and says, that was a disaster because I did it like this and this happened and that happened. And then you look at the materials in a new way and go, oh, yeah, that, I suppose that could happen if you gave your instructions wrong. So if you're getting feedback from a disaster lesson, both for the teacher and for you, there's a possibility for learning. As long as, I would, I would imagine, as long as that uh, disaster is inspected unevaluatively. Um, my, this was a disaster, therefore your materials are crap, um, is not a learning opportunity. Um, uh, but then you're, you, the sharer, gets to look at it and go, yeah, that was a disaster because your instructions were crap. Yes. If there's an evaluation that is attached to the disaster, then yes, there's not going to be a lot of learning. If there's a if there's the 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 inspection of the failure from the perspective of, well, how did that happen? Um, then both teachers potentially can learn and and this moves into the field of reflection. Um, yeah, that's a whole other big, huge topic. Yeah. Uh, by sharing, what we're doing is we're creating opportunities for reflection. I reflect on my experience and share it with you. You try it out, reflect on your experience, and in the sharing back with me, we both reflect on our different experiences. Um, and that's possibly what makes sharing one of the most powerful uh, developmental tools around is because it, it gives us a reason to talk to each other as professionals, reflect on our different experiences with the same stuff, um, and compare our different approaches with one another. And I come away going, oh, my God, I can't do discussions as well as, well as she can. Or is that all she does, just discussions um, or whatever, whatever my but, – but in so doing, I'm, I'm reflecting on my – my teaching experience and my my practice with my students and how I handle my lessons and it's very positive. Okay, um, I, I just want to note that I think there may be a possible 
uh, let's say, a, a bad side effect of sharing. I know for a fact that I have much more difficulty applying an activity that is somebody else's. If somebody else has designed it, uh, be that another teacher or be that from uh, the, the teacher's resource pack or, or what have you, I do find that I have more problems. And I think that I'll, at least some of the problems come from this. Oh, look, there's one there already. I don't need to make my own. And then I just go to class and use it. And while using it, realize, oh, yeah, actually, they really need to know that, that word or expression in the middle of that task, and it trips up the task. When I design it myself, I'm much more in tune with uh, what extras do the students need? Um, what question forms are they going to need to know to be able to complete this survey, for example? And having something just presented to me on a platter, it I, does make I you would, lazy. I would argue that that happens to me even with my own material when I'm created. I create material thinking, this is going to be great, and then I go into class and I trip myself up because I've forgotten a whole major step. Um, so maybe that's just a problem with doing something for the first but time. In, in that situation, though, where it's your material and you've tripped yourself up, you know what the rest of it is. You can automatically in the situation go, oh, yeah, that thing that I put in, <laughs> as opposed to, yeah. why is that stupid thing in there? Of course the students don't know what a lorry is. Well, then I would still argue that, that the problem then lies with the fact that, okay, you take material from somebody else Without taking ownership of it, without and I, yeah, that's what I'm saying is yeah. this act sometimes taking somebody else's in, it can make me lazy as a teacher. Sure, I haven't sat down and I don't know it in the depth that I know my own material. Well, and that brings me back to my UFO lesson. I mean, if if that teacher, um, who I had a lot of respect for before that lesson, actually uh, thinking about others. Um, well, no, yes. <laughs> uh, if I, she'd given me that and then I'd looked at it and gone, oh, my God, this is going to be a disaster and created a set of material that I could use around her theme, it probably would have been a nice amalgam of, of the different approaches and and it probably wouldn't have been traumatic. I mean, as traumatic as it is, uh, 20 years later, I'm still smarting over the <laughs> over the pain of that lesson. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. But that lesson was really terrible. And I'm sure that they were very pleased to see her back after, <laughs> after their experience with me. So, yes, uh, sure, it makes you lazy, especially if somebody says, this is going to work, don't, don't change it, just do it as it is. And the photocopyable activity books that we use, that's the threat. Oh, look, it's all been done. I'm just going to photocopy it and take it into class. It's a nice shortcut and it cuts out planning time, but it means that we're, we're not thinking things through, not making it our own, and therefore not making it appropriate for the classes that we're teaching. Because actually, those materials have been planned by a guy sitting on the 15th floor of a building in London. I mean, he, he doesn't know who your students are or what exactly you're trying to achieve. He's got a default broad goal. Oh, he's got his specific students in mind. Right. Um, my students who are... Uh, they are some Ukrainian uh, businessmen who are in London for the summer to learn English, and, right. and this is their background knowledge, and <laughs> and this is the day-to-day -day language that's used around us in London. We call it a lorry, and so I'm going to put that in there, and and etc. So yeah, in those cases, I don't know. Sharing can make you lazy sometimes. My parting shot is 
share, but never never forget your own approach. Whatever you take into the classroom with you must be made your own, somehow or another, even if you're taking it from somebody else. Yeah, uh, I would also say that uh, so much of what I know how to do as a teacher in terms of materials design and uh, and how I can manipulate the task to get more English out of it or to make it last longer or what have you, has come from teachers sharing things with me or me taking things from books and then taking them into the classroom and adapting them. And I now find it in most cases I can make my own version of it with completely different language, uh, with a completely different level, age group, etc. I can go, oh, yeah. I'll just do one of those to the point where I literally do not know where so much of my material came from. It's just, it's been shared and now it's mine. And hopefully I'll share it again. So we both agree. Sharing's good. Sharing's good and sharing can make you incredibly lazy and leads to lots of problems that you can then complain about and blame the book. It's all the book's fault and it's not yours. <laughs> Playful Waffle is probably brought to you by the non-stop Vofflers. Tor and Steve, for any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tefolwaffle at gmail.com or visit www.tefolwaffle.com.